0: Welcome to the scariest things podcast, your gateway to the trends and tropes of the horror genre. We have an extra special podcast extra episode for you. We are joined by the cast and crew of When the Screaming Starts. My name is Liz Williams from New Orleans, and I'm joined by
1: Eric Lee and Mike Campbell live from Portland, Oregon. Indeed. And today we have
0: a slew of special guests from across the pond, uh, the director of this feature, Connor Baru, and two of the stars, Ed Hartland, who plays aspiring serial killer, Aiden, and Jared Rogers, who plays Norman, the documentarian, who uncovers this uh, eager killer to be. Hi guys, welcome. Hello. Thank you. Thank Hello. You Good to
2: okay. be here.
1: So this I is actually, this is a film that we're gonna have uh, coming up in at Panic Fest. Uh, Mm -hmm. and Liz, where is Panic Fest?
0: Panic Fest is in Kansas City, but if you can't make it there, you can stream from your couch. They're doing a huge virtual, um, part of the festival. And when the screaming starts is a virtual exclusive. So you can buy virtual tickets or a hybrid ticket if you are lucky enough to be in the Kansas City area and get all the good stuff.
1: So, yeah. And, uh, it is running from,
0: uh, April twenty eighth to May eighth, I believe, a whole week of films
3: coming up quick. Yes, so, coming up quick. So go get tickets for this film and this film only.
1: That's what, I, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, I, yes. <laughs> no, Panic Fest has a loaded roster, folks. It does. It, it, yes, they it, do. It does. They yes, it. they do. We've we've seen, I think, almost everything else. Yeah. Uh, and so this is, I can,
3: yes, I can personally say this is at this is the creme de la creme. This is at the top of the heap.
1: All right. Yes. Agreed. Yep. Thank you, guys. Yeah, so very, very glad to have you all on.
0: Um, I'm going to ask: Is this the U.S. premiere of When the Screaming Starts, or have you guys been at some other festivals here?
4: Yeah, so we had the uh, the kind of U.S. North American premiere was um, back in uh, end of October in uh, Telluride, and then um, oh, okay. Uh, which was uh, awesome. Like, unfortunately, um, Connor and Ed couldn't be there because there was still the kind of the US-UK mm-hmm. travel restrictions. But I got to be there. I, I got flown I out and They sneak you in from Mexico or something? How'd you get in? I, I live in Florida. I, I've been here since uh, oh, 2020. Wow. Like my, my wife's American. Um, okay. And we okay. lived in in London for quite a few years and then, yeah, moved out. Decided to move out during COVID, like the, the best time to try and yeah. uh, gonna, know, kind of... Up, up sticks
1: so and- did, did you, did you film this? Uh, actually, well, let's get the introductions done first yeah. uh, before we get too far along. But it, that triggered a very interesting question for me. But uh, why don't, uh, starting with Connor, why don't you guys introduce yourselves?
5: So hi, my name is Connor Baru, and I'm the director, co-writer, and one of the
0: producers. Go to Jared. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm Jared
4: Rogers. Uh, I play, uh, yeah, uh, documentary uh, filmmaker Norman Graysmith, and yeah, also uh, producer on the film. Oh. Did we already do the introductions? And I just totally spaced it. Mm-mm. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's,
0: it's still, what just it, happened? It's still, it's, it's still morning in Portland,
1: and so my mind's a little bit of a fog. All right.
0: Uh, all right, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, we can't hear him. Muted. We lost you, Ed.
4: We're, we're going to have we'll to lip pause. Read. That's
0: okay. You're not on mute, but we can't hear you.
4: Right.
6: Can you hear me now? Nope. Yes, now indeed.
0: Yeah.
6: Excellent. I'm just going to lean really close. You <laughs> just have my face looming at you. Um, hi, I'm Ed Hartland. I'm a co-writer, one of the producers, and I play aspiring serial killer Aiden in When the Screaming Starts.
0: Some. All right, Eric, where, what What was that question well, that Mike, yeah, came she, to yeah, mind? Yeah,
1: because I, I, hearing that Jared lives in Florida, did you film this prior to the pandemic? You must have otherwise just, you know, flying back and forth or did you, or is it done very recently?
4: Uh, so we, uh, it was what, January, 2020. So just before when I guess kind of, uh, kind of COVID was a thing like I think maybe it had come to Europe maybe it was in, like in Italy at the time but um, mm-hmm. but yeah we we managed to kind of fit in the first, what was it sort of 12, 13 shooting dates like the mm-hmm. initial uh, block right. um, and then yeah there was yeah, a, yeah. a long old wait until uh, in between lockdown lifts where we could uh, do reshoots and add on other bits that, that Connor and Ed had um, had come up with or seen in the edit that, that needed uh, that needed reshooting or, or, or would add to, to aid to the story.
5: Yeah, we had a bit of a luxury, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, during the whole COVID times, obviously lockdown, I was working with our editor, Alan Ray, and we managed to assemble our first cut. And obviously, because it's a mockumentary, we have quite a lot of freedom with the narrative. Like we can mm-hmm. just jump back and forth, different time periods and backstories. So we just evaluated what we had after those initial 12, 13 days. And yeah, we just decided to add a lot more. Um, And actually some of our favorite scenes came from Mm -hmm. just adding in these, these backstories and stuff. So we had a lot of fun doing it, but we had to wait a long time and, Mm -hmm. and it was, yeah, it was a bit of a, bit of a scary, scary time in the, in the production process because we just didn't know when or if we would be able to film these scenes again, if the actors would be free, if someone's going to completely change their look. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it was a, unusual experience
1: and this was your your featured uh, directing debut right so this was there was a lot riding on it uh uh, uh for you personally to try and get this thing out and then pandemic
5: yeah 100 percent. i mean it, it was a scary time obviously in the grand scheme of things there was bigger fish to fry other things to worry about but obviously <laughs> yeah, this film was our baby and we just wanted to get it out into the world and and we could have, I think we could have signed off on the film that we had in those initial shooting days, but it, it it would have been a very different film. And as Jared alluded to, most of them were additional scenes, but there were a couple that we, we reworked. We weren't quite happy with the way it was looking or some locations we, we picked, we decided weren't the best. Cause as indie filmmakers, we used what we had around us mm-hmm. and uh, looking at it, we thought, you know what? It was like, for example, Amy's house she just, in the original version, she just lived in this completely normal house. And then, obviously, when we went back, mm. we found this incredible right. location, this gothic yeah. sort of house that just completely suited her character and personality. So, with a little yeah, torture hole, with like
1: a way. room yeah. that yeah. Yeah. she could
0: <laughs> lock the, uh, the like headmistress <laughs> from her school into. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. So <laughs> you know, <handy>. <laughs> Everybody needs
1: one in your house, yeah.
0: Let me do uh, you know what? We let me jump in real quick and just do a very generic outline of the film for people who are listening who haven't seen it yet. Um, so the film is about Norman, played by Jared. He's a documentary filmmaker, kind of maybe a little down on his luck, looking for his big break because he's living in his van and to cash in on the true crime zeitgeist. uh, He wants he doesn't want to tell the same old story because that's about stuff that already happened. He wants to get in on the ground floor and meets up with Aiden, who is an aspiring serial killer who lives with his photographer girlfriend, Claire, and he is pretty much prepping for his first kill, which is going to be his cannibal death march bandmate, Luke, and then decides (laughs) to start a family. Like the Mansons, but not racist. we sure. <laughs> And then all hell breaks loose when the family goes on their, I guess, first killing spree.
3: Well, but the 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 first killing spree is is poor Richard. That's like yeah, let's poor get that. Richard. Yeah. Richard. I'm assuming Richard was not actually harmed in the filming of uh,
1: <laughs> when the screaming starts. I didn't. I didn't see the uh, the animal uh, uh, disclaimer at the end of the film. So I, I,
5: there, there's one there. Oh, is it? Oh, good, 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 good. Yeah, yeah, good. It's right at the very end of the credits, I think. our other producer Dom Lenoir—he's—he's um, he's become quite attached. It was a—it was a partially a stuffed cat mixed with some CGI, and um, okay, yeah, he's—he's he's, 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 um, accosted the stuffed cat, and he takes him on trips to film festivals. There you go. A very big part of the film. Richard, oh, Richard. That bastard! Like, yeah.
3: I, I have a black cat, and I I still laughed. <laughs>
5: There's that book. Don't save. What's uh, it called? Save the cat. We uh, we did the opposite and we, we killed the cat. Right, 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 we
0: right. right. The cat. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> so, so, so yeah. oh, go ahead, Eric. I,
1: I was just going to say I was going to uh, ask about sort of the genesis of the 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 uh, the film idea, the story, um, and when when it came about, and um, when you started in production, and how you assembled your your terrific crew, cast and crew.
6: Oh, I suppose the genesis of the, the film was kind of way back in well, 2019, um, like Connor and I had been talking about kind of different feature ideas for, for ages, and um, I was reviewing the Ted Bundy tapes for the London mm. Horror Society, um, which is an amazing, amazing documentary series, but I kind of found myself watching it kind of going, well, I'm fascinated by this, I can't look away from it, but also really deeply repulsed by what I'm seeing. And I was kind of going, well, what does that say about me that I'm this <laughs> fascinated by this, this horrendous uh, kind of a- event? And, um, you know, what does it say about society that we're this fascinated mm-hmm. by it? And um, yeah, kind of took this, this idea to Connor and kind of snowballed from there, really. Um, it started out initially as a, a short scene and then we just kept developing it and pushing it until it became this uh, juggernaut that it is today.
0: <laughs> well, one of my favorite jokes, that's so funny, you say that Ted Bundy was when they're talking about how, you know, Aiden doesn't look like a serial killer. And Claire says, well, Ted Bundy was good looking and a good dresser. And he's like, well, at least Aiden can dress good. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yes, <ma'am. laughs>
3: How how much of the film was because uh, it it felt to me you know everything between you know I I know there was obviously some some more developed gags you know between the fish sticks and Richard and the dog poop and uh, cannibal death march and you know the the cheese ball joke and the playground and everything <laughs> how much of it was uh, improv and do you guys have any improv uh, background at all that
5: was um, that was a fair bit of improv was there okay. Um, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so um, a lot of the time we would do, we, you know, we had the full script, mm. and we'd we'd shop in a location, and we'd we'd pretty much for the most part we would film it as it was in the script. Um, once we felt we sort of nailed that, we had that in the can. We'd then open it up, get a bit more free, and um, yeah, just just let the actors go crazy. Um, yeah, I think I think. Um, some scenes more than others. Like the the example we've been using was the party scene. It started off a of, you know quite a short scene, but we just got carried away. You know, we these <laughs> actors had really embodied their characters, and <laughs> we did shoot in a sort of documentary style. You know, we we had certain sure. things that were set up and planned. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, with like certain you know stab effects, blood effects, you have to be a bit more prepped. But a lot of it was quite free, and our DP Adrian Musto, he's got a background in documentaries, so he would just be following the action. You know, and um, yeah, we got some real gold out of that.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Real gold.
5: And, and uh, I think, I don't know, these, these, these two gentlemen here, I don't know how much improv experience they have. I think a little bit. Octavia Gilmore, who played Amy, she's, a, she's big into improvisation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun to let the actors just go crazy. Uh,
1: something I wanted to know uh, was, Aiden is the most unlikely and poorly, most poorly equipped serial killer wannabe. <laughs> out there. Uh and so you know, part of initially I went, "Oh, he's just doing it for the sex." That he just that that the that the promise of sex was so much that he would do anything including <laughs> pretending to you know, trying trying to be a serial killer. But then I thought, "Well, maybe he just had it in for Luke." And then he just sort of spun that into, "Well, maybe I I can make something of myself and make a career out of killing people starting with Luke." What was the where was because, because he he he's an awfully gentle soul to want to go on an absolute mur- mur- murder spree what's the background here
6: i think really with with aiden he's he's a very obsessive person mm-hmm. um you know his kind of his band from his <laughs> from uh the, the past cannibal death march um i think he created that and for everyone else in the band that was probably just a a fun little band that they were in but for Aiden that was it he, he <laughs> thought they were going to be the bigger thing they were going to be Metallica um and I I think Aiden as a character throws himself into his obsessions kind of heart and soul um so once the the dream of cannibal death march had fallen apart he threw himself into into the idea of being a serial killer um it's I mean a little overmatched for that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, it's it, it's that thing of he's. I think whatever obsession had fallen his way, he'd have gone for that. Um, whether that's black metal or serial killing,
0: <laughs> we've done heavy metal and horror before. They go together. Right.
1: <laughs> it's right. it's a little, little bit of deathgasm to that uh, <laughs> that Campbell yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, Death yeah.
1: uh, <laughs> uh scene.
3: Speaking of heavy metal, you guys, uh, the, the soundtrack was re- really exceptional. Uh, and I noticed, I actually was familiar with the one band, uh, Green Lung, and, uh, I was curious how you connected with them, who recorded, uh, Cannibal Death March and, and, uh, how you, how the soundtrack all came together. Cause it re- really was, um, you know, quite exceptional and, uh, you know, to a level I think that you don't see in a lot of independent film, uh, it's usually you know a lot of a lot of what you get in independent film these days is you know sort of poorly crafted kind of uh, uh, sort of retro synth uh, sounds but but this was uh, for a real soundtrack mm-hmm. So how did it all come yeah, together?
5: I think, I think Ed's probably uh, best to answer this question. yeah, he had a quite a hand to play um, in at least one of the tracks
6: <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Uh, Cannibal Death March um so Cannibal <laughs> Death March is uh is is my brother and me um, ah. we yeah we we kind of wrote the the tracks that Cannibal Death March play uh, we wrote and recorded um which but that I mean very much came from Connor uh years before uh when I was getting married um the person <laughs> who was meant to play music had to drop out. And so I was messaging people being like, what music should I have on a playlist? And uh Connor's really helpful reply was none of your cannibal death mark. <laughs> <laughs> what what was it? it was
1: was it, it was Burn Witch Burn, wasn't yeah. was that was that the was that the song burn the witch, yeah. God, please don't, don't burn me. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was great. So uh I gotta kick out of, well and and Mike was referring to I, I think Sometimes it's the little things that count. And I don't know right. when uh, whether you staged it or not, but there was this perfect moment where everybody's rocking out and you see the dog walkers in the background picking up dog turds. <laughs> and I was oh, yeah. like, did, did, it, did that just happen? And
5: just happened to be a great little add-in? Or was that something <laughs> that you staged? Oh, that was staged. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The Ed's, Ed's dad. What?
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Good on you. <laughs> the whole family, all family. <laughs> so again, brother, uh, dad, everybody, awesome. That, to me, that kind of spoke like of the willingness role.
1: to go for the little, the little gags, and and <laughs> uh, you know, it's like yeah, it's like, is that? Are they rocking out with a guy doing, doing a dog walk in the back? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. Okay. So yeah. the, the, that that was a kick. The um, there were some other the the great fishmonger scenes um oh my and, gosh. and it's like i have to imagine that fresh from the thames is not something you, you want to hear <laughs> when you're wanting to get what's smelt and
5: cheese on a stick
0: well also it's his deli and i was like there's not one deli thing there it's all fish like,
5: <laughs> you, you'd be surprised we this was a very famous market in london called portobello road yep. uh and we had people trying to buy this fish off us for real (laughs) (laughs) people came up to us they were trying to buy the big old trout or whatever we had in the ice and no no it's not for sale your own safety back away
2: nice
0: oh that's so funny okay so that was um one of the so when the killer, when uh, Aiden decides he's him and Claire are going to start a family, they're not going to have a baby. They're going to start their Manson family. They have um, a bunch of different members. They have que- creepy twins, Veronica and Victoria, uh, retiree Donald, uh, deli owner, Jack, uh, kind of a accidental member, the Yogi Masood, who is like one of my favorite characters. And then, of course, Amy, who's played by Octavia Gilmore, and she's kind of. Very twisted, but very She's the real posh. He's the real deal, and kind of takes the lead. But um,
3: and then poor Tara. What was it
0: like, like getting this? Yeah. I mean, they're definitely just like a motley crew of characters. Did you guys come up with all these different characters you wanted, or did any of the actors put kind of their own spin on? Yeah. Or, what they're gonna what they're gonna be,
1: or more to the point, what what kind of an advertisement do you have to put out there to say <laughs> we're starting a murder cult family? You know, inquire within. What are the, you know, provide credentials? What, how how did, how did, did did you do that like on, I don't know what the British version of, uh, uh, not LinkedIn, but uh, like uh, uh, Craigslist or something? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Craigslist. I'm looking, I'm looking for a uh, a, a career obsession. Manson Family
3: Casting Call. That's
5: exactly
1: right. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jared, you probably got a good insight into this one.
4: Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the good thing is, like, a lot of the people that was in that uh, was people would either, uh, gone to drama school with, or, or we'd kind of done, like, shorts and plays with before, so, um, yeah, I think it was, it was a balance where, uh, Ed and Connor had kind of given, um, uh, obviously ideas for the characters, and then sort of people just, you know, kind of brought their own flair to it. I kind of remember one of the, the first days, yes, tour as, as, uh, Deleona Jack kind of decided to go full method and i hadn't seen him in a while and he kind of decided to come as the character because he was like yeah i just want to i just want to try a new style out i've, I've not really done this method i think more and i think after thanks, the, after, thanks marlon yeah i think after the first day he was like ah, maybe i'll just wait until uh we week, say action and uh and freaked a few of the, freaked a few of the crew members out
0: i think
5: yeah, yeah. oh really <laughs> yeah, that, as Jared said, we're very lucky that we went to, um, we all trained at drama school together many moons ago, and we we met some incredible people, actors, you know, me, Jared, Ed, Mas- the guy who plays Masood, the Nakou, Yes Nator, who plays Jack, and then in previous years, the likes of Octavia Gilmore. Um, so we had a very tight-knit group. I mean, I would say 95% of the cast were our friends that we mm. already knew, oh, and God. so we kind of wrote a lot of the time with people in mind. Um, there w- was the exception of the twins, for example, because you know we just didn't have identical twins that we knew. Thanks, <laughs> Ed, for writing that into the script. That was a you, you joined in as well. Yeah, yeah. It well, it, it, I
1: mean, you, you had to do it because it, the one of the best uh, gag lines involves un, you know, a discussion of orgies. Yeah, and uh, you know, yeah. I, can, I don't want to spoil it for the audience, but when it happens, it's one of those great moments where Aiden. Aiden's <clears throat> design, and this is where my my clue for what Aiden's motivations may have been was: it's like, well, oh, we we really haven't decided yet. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was great, and and, and, the and what what, what constitutes
3: an orgy, is it, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, how many? Is that three people. Yeah. <laughs> so, that was
1: that was terrific, and and uh, but you but you kind of yeah with the twins and this they. Uh, for, to me, it was a little bit like The Shining girls grown up, mm-hmm. right? Kind of that that they had that kind of cold, kind of distance there. That was great. I, the, the casting casting was fantastic, and you could tell sort of the, the the chemistry between everybody was 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 spot on. Yeah, and I think that makes sense when you describe that you all went to school, uh, or, or uh, school or training or or uh, previous uh, movies together. Uh, paid off. It was a lot of fun.
0: Okay, One thing that all three of us really, really liked about the film is that it is a super solid horror comedy that then takes a turn and goes full on horror movie and the comedy starts to slow down and the blood and violence starts to ratchet up. Who was that something you knew you always wanted to do with the film? Because you could have kept it with the you know horror comedy bit and that kind of thing. But who said, like, no, this is going to be a bloody horror film and we are going to the, they're gonna murder people and you're gonna like they, when the family gets there Except and there's some things i'm like oh my god they did it i can't believe it and, you know like uh <laughs> the, norman uh echoes my sentiments there and is like i can't believe they did it so wh- who who said like yeah no this is gonna go horror Thing, so, is- i think
6: I mean, Connor and I uh, were talking about this for, for so long. You know, we, it's just been this ongoing conversation about, you know, getting the balance right between the the, the comedy and the, the kind of horror elements. And we both were, were really keen on the idea that, you know, we're making a film about serial killers. So, you know, at some point, it's going to have to go to a dark place because it's it's dark subject matter. <laughs> so I think that was something that we were both really, really keen on. It was just kind of, yeah, working out that balance. Yeah, when the when the scene in the mansion
1: a ha- happened. ongoing oh, on,
6: discussion. Oh, there we go. Right, was a
1: glitch? Mm-mm. Yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry. We lost you yeah.
0: for a sec, but you're back. <laughs>
1: and I might have talked over you, so um, <laughs> so there's that. We got the gist.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: The, it was mad. <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh.
1: laughs>
5: Oh god. Yeah, it was it was it was a constant conversation and uh, I think we wanted this idea of um you know it's all fun and games in Aiden's head and that's something you know me Ed and Jared because you know Jared's been there from the very start as well like constantly just chipping in with ideas and the tonal questions and then um, we we always just felt like of course we wanted to take the audience on a journey but also reflect in Aiden's mindset you know he's watched too many one too many horror films one too many computer mm-hmm. games it's all fun and games until it's not. Yeah, and you know, the shit hits the fan, and there is a, a real pivot. And yeah, we didn't want to we didn't want to hold back because <clears throat> you know, it, serial killing. We tried to make it funny, but for the most part, because <laughs>
1: <funny enough. laughs> yeah, that the, the pivotal scene, because everything up to that point had been light, um, and yes. and it was. And 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 it was nothing but a series of failures from from Aiden trying to start off his serial killing career, and now this thing's. Uh, uh, but uh, Amy was in, in it in it to win it, and.
3: Uh, Although the scene where the scene yeah. where
1: Amy uh, goes back
3: to her that, folks' house. Yes. No. That's. Oh, that's that, what that, you're. That's, what, I, that's to. what I'm okay. saying. Yeah, yeah, In yeah. that. I was just I, I was just going to ask like was that a logistically complicated scene because it seemed like there were so many different sort of separate separate killings and separate yeah. fights I would think that that took quite a bit of doing to actually uh both concoct stage uh choreograph and then film yeah was it was it as complicated as it looked
5: that, I think that was one of the um more complicated days for sure mm-hmm. uh we had Brilliant stunt guy come in a stunt coordinator. Uh Tom, I forget his name now, lads, because honestly, this guy was like our oh, guardian angel. He just came out of nowhere. He just <laughs> yeah. showed up for this one day or two days. We had one rehearsal day and he's just disappeared. We've never seen him since. We've been we've been inviting him to all the screenings we <laughs> just can't get hold of him. <laughs> Tom Jackson, I think, was his name. Yeah. And he was honestly just amazing. And he just choreographed what you saw. Um and obviously, you know, it was it was carnage. There was a lot to shoot that yeah. day. But um, yeah, he he managed to to pull that off. So God bless you, Tom Jackson, yes. wherever you are. He could Good be work, like Tom. the
0: subject of part two. I don't know. Maybe he just went there to like learn how to become a serial killer and then never <laughs> came back. I don't know. Yeah. But I,
1: I do think, though, that you're going to get the, the audience reaction to that is will be very interesting. Uh, because that's when all of a sudden I was like, it's not it. How, how am I supposed to feel? Because, you know, the aristocrats, you know, they were assholes. But, they, you know, they didn't deserve what they got. Uh, right. and, and I was... I, and, and there were still it some was light moments. son of a fishmonger.
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, that was an I don't know if you want to elaborate, but that was actually... Um, that's where Ed works, where we actually filmed that scene. So that was a real logistical <laughs> wow. nightmare because we used a lot of practical effects. So Ed, I don't know if you want.
6: <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> that so great? that was um, <laughs> that was a, a part of a, a building in the nursing home where I work, ah. um, and uh, yeah, we, which is is really quite fortunate because of everything in that room is is made to be cleaned really easily so if you're throwing <laughs> fake blood around <laughs> everyone was really panicked they were really really worried about like the floors getting the floors dirty and i was there kind of going no 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 just throw the blood throw the blood.
5: i think jared would disagree i think jared what did you make out of cardboard
4: (laughs) we got yeah we got quite a few like me and and um alan ray who um edited that he was um he lives in brooklyn but he flew over for um, i think he was pretty much all the shoots there's maybe a few of the reshoot days he wasn't a part of but the kind of the solid block so he would be like on like production design and when he wasn't kind of doing dit and um (laughs) Anyway. many hats as we said <laughs> yeah. he was kind of like i think we built this like uh it was almost just like a cardboard like flat kind of cardboard box kind of shield that would kind of maneuver around on the floor along with like kind of carpet um like uh kind of protector stuff but yeah like fake blood like anyone that's trying to make a film with fake blood it just you could like layer everything and think you've got everything covered and the blood will go on the ceiling or it'll go <laughs> on a bit of wall that you didn't cover but um i mean that to be honest i don't know how we would have done that scene because that was it that was like pre uh pandemic as well so there was i think on that day there was like 30 people on set or around about there give or take but yeah I, I don't know if if we'd have saved that until like later when it was right. um kind of yeah having to wear masks and and you know, only so many people could be in a room. I, yeah, I, I don't know what. It, it was <laughs> stressful. Well, it was stressful for me, but I was kind of like picking people up sometimes, so I didn't see it all. But like uh, Connor and Ed was in the, uh, in, in the midst of it, of it. Just yeah, dealing with, well, uh, with cast and crew. I'm trying to remember. I think the was... worst
5: thing was just trying to um, do reshoots. It was like of all places we could have filmed. Uh, let's say reshoots, but quite a bit of the film was originally shot in, on the premises of a nursing home. Imagine the pandemic hits. It's yeah. like could we have picked it <laughs> <place? laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> not even <laughs> set in a nursing home. <part>.
4: I'm trying to remember. Was that? Well, we got there. We was, got
1: there. Was that a a single uh, tracking shot or a, ca- a camera shot for that? Because um, this was a, you know, it a, felt a, like a, it. A, you know, a, a it wasn't shaky. as a shaky cam movie, but it was sort of a, you know the found footage, sort of the journalistic approach to it, uh, the, for the point of view. I, yeah, I seem to recall that it was just yeah just having having to track one one camera through the scene. Or did you actually have multiple cameras doing doing duty on that?
5: um was just the uh the dinner scene, the massacre yeah, yeah. scene yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah
5: so we only ever had one camera wow
1: um, yeah, okay
5: at any time although two would have been great i think it, you know we we couldn't afford it the dp adrian had his own red and that was it you know we weren't going to push our luck and try and get another one um yeah it was mostly shot from well no, it was all shot from one camera we did a couple of oneers, mm-hmm. uh like there's one down the corridor for example mm-hmm. Those wonders are tricky, man. Like mm-hmm. if you haven't got lots of time to rehearse and and get everything spot on, it's like a, a few times I made that call and I was like, oh no, what yeah. have I done? I've committed <laughs> now though. I've got to see it through. And even I'll be honest, a couple of the wonders we've we've chopped up in the edit yeah. and and uh, you know the beauty of a mockumentary, you can just sort of yeah. pass mm-hmm. time, do a jump cut, sure. so. Mm-hmm. Get nope. two cameras, guys, if you can. That was, yeah. yeah, no kidding.
1: <laughs> that was your Orson Welles moment, right? What was the uh, the the opening track?
0: Uh, yeah.
5: Oh, famous one. Yeah. 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 When the screaming starts, Citizen Kane. You yeah, know. yeah. <laughs> pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Single
4: shot. <laughs> can we use that as a quote on the poster? Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> And the scariest things it says, yeah. ne- "We found the next Orson Welles." The next Orson Welles. <laughs> so on the on the
3: flip side of the uh, equation, from the like the the hyper complex, there was obviously, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, uh, in terms of the shoot, uh, the, even even just the scene with the fox. I was like, "Oh my god, where is this this poor fox climbing around on this rooftop?" come from i mean i mean uh, uh, assumedly that just sort of happened serendipitously and were there other like little serendipitous things like that that happened throughout the course of the film where you thought oh i'll just throw that on in."
5: yeah we, we can't lie it wasn't like planned with the fox was <laughs> right it, right i think was it you jared that spotted someone was it you jared yeah
4: that yeah it might, yeah or like because it was in like the warehouse and like, it was like set up for another shot and because i think because the uh, I don't know the full like technical things of the red, but it would almost always be on because otherwise it's just like a really old computer you're trying to boot up. So I think oh, Avery right. was just almost like he could I think already had the rig on or whatever and he could just quickly go get some shots and then people watch it and go, hey, how did you you got a fox handler and everything right. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
5: Production value, but just stealing shots everywhere we go. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right.
0: That's what you gotta do. True documentary. So do you, uh, do,
3: uh, is there, uh, and I only asked the question because, uh, the, the end credits were hysterical and then there's a wonderful conversation between Masad and his new girlfriend that he's found on Facebook, <laughs> which I honestly <laughs> thought was one of the funniest parts of the movie. <laughs> what is he saying? Uh, is there, is there potential for when the screaming starts part two and, and well, uh, Masood's, uh, girlfriend be in when the screaming starts part two
5: <laughs> <laughs> I ed i think you had a few ideas didn't you we
6: yeah we've got uh, we've got a lot of ideas for where this yeah. this goes um uh, you know there's there's enough that have survived when the screaming starts yeah but uh you know it's something that we've definitely been been talking about a lot i mean one phrase that got thrown around when we were doing a, a festival uh, kind of last year was the idea of mickey and the misfits ah. following uh, the return of uh, of mickey but right. you know it's it's definitely something that you know we we love these characters and oh, we've got yeah. a lot of ideas about where they might go from here yeah
5: well good yeah Well, we, we, actually, good. we actually shot a scene we actually shot a scene that got deleted um with mickey the guy who's at mm-hmm. like the orphan that doesn't get in the cult and all the rejects from the audition they formed their own little family and
1: yeah well that that audition scene that was awesome, and I was kind of the I was surprised actually, connor, that you've got a, a broad acting background that you didn't try and, you didn't sneak yourself into part of that cat the, the the casting call for the the, the family there is, is there a chance that uh if there is a, a when the screaming starts starts too that that you that you'd, that you'd get involved in the acting side?
5: I mean, i would definitely be open to it. I think just this one, it, I think these guys are always trying to get me in to do something. I think I was going to be part <laughs> of cannibal death march at one point <laughs> until they realized I play no instruments. It so, would <laughs> have been tricky, but, um, I mean, I'm always open to it. I, you know, I've, I've acted and directed before, but it is tricky doing both at the same time, mm-hmm. especially with a limited crew, you know, cause again, we're wearing, you know, we're wearing so many hats and running around like headless chickens and producing. So, um, I would have liked to have done it maybe yeah maybe part two I'll jump in and do a little a little cameo in disguise there you go yeah
3: so where, where did you uh, I'm curious where you guys uh, I always like to ask this question whenever we interview directors or actors or anything like that I'm, I'm curious where your influences came from and the bonus question which is always the uh the Sophie's Choice mm-hmm. um uh what's your favorite horror film I know it's tough. I know it's tough. It's a tough one. It's a tough one.
6: Okay. Um, Right. (laughs) Favorite horror film. I mean, this this is horrendous. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm going to have to go with Scream, even though a load of other ones that I want to say. I basically I want to list off a load of films until you stop me, right, but right. I will go with Scream.
3: Very good, very good. And were you okay with the new one? Were, have you seen the new one? Scream 5? Scream I've,
6: I've not been able to see Scream 5 okay, because I've got okay. a very small baby, yes, which oh. makes horror watching really difficult. <laughs> Connor, Jared, don't, don't rush to the theater. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's really, it's, uh, Spoiler alert. Keep, keep the scream in <laughs> your heart yeah. from right. 1995.
5: Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
5: it's okay. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to have to stick, w- you know, with the horror comedies and hmm. go with Shaun of the Dead. You know, uh, I can see that. I I just absolutely love that film and what and what they did with that. And so many years ago, but you watch it today mm-hmm. and it hasn't aged at all. It's just so good. Yep. So that that's going to be my choice. Okay. Hello, hello. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah those
4: guys. Sure, that is good. Uh, I for me, it's got to be um, like the original Halloween. Like I remember watching that far too young, and at mm-hmm, the time yeah. I was doing a um, a paper round, and I just remember the next day because it was um like originally i'm from like the north of england so it's really like that time of the year at kind of sort of 7 a.m half seven it's still really like super dark so just kind of driving uh, drive around uh, riding around and sort of delivering these papers and it was quite it was quite a, um, a fancy area as well so they'd have these really long drives that were really like poorly lit or like lots of bushes and stuff and I was just thinking uh, Mr. Mr. Myers was uh was around the corner. <laughs> Beam-tuning in, in the back. <laughs> just, in your yeah. Head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh the
1: how, the the festival run that you have got. So we, after Panic Fest, where uh where else cuz uh we might, well, we've got for our listeners throughout the states and elsewhere. Yeah. Um <clears throat> where else can we expect to see this uh, movie showing
4: up? think really this is kind of the um, this was like a happy bonus I think like we're kind of with our um, the the sales agent that came on board there sort of talking to um, distributors now at the moment and like we can't say too much but I think the next time it will really be seen will be on like a a non-fest I'm not going to say where but like like a non-festival kind of setting really Um, I think yeah, this is so. It's, it's really great that we can uh, kind of come back to the US and uh, and yeah, sort of play one more time before it it kind of sort of officially goes
1: out. So All you, do right, you so have we're a, gonna have
0: a release soon.
1: Yeah, a, a, a date for either a limited or <coughs> wide wide theatrical release. Then do
0: you, uh,
5: we we yeah. haven't. Well, we're still finalizing the deals, aren't we? At the moment, so we haven't been given okay. any dates. Um, just the UK and the US at the moment. Okay. Uh, distribution and then we'll move on to international i think can is in the in the uh peripheries oh international
0: um, domination that's right well i'm so taking yeah. over, <laughs> over. Like, yeah because
5: we did our, our festival run luckily because jared's based in the states we managed to have someone at every festival pretty much um <clears> but obviously like we couldn't go out for our u.s premiere and stuff which which was a shame so i i feel like in a way i would love to just carry on playing at these festivals you know it's such a good time and Mm -hmm. especially when they're in person yeah um but you know gotta actually try and sell this beast now and (laughs) move on to the next phase
1: so then uh you don't have you're still waiting on a distributor before you uh, come up with a streaming release then yeah
5: yeah we're just finalizing now with the distributors so uh that should be any day now and then we'll we'll find out more about the uh the actual release dates, but we'll be sure to keep you guys posted.
3: It's gonna sell itself. Are you kidding? Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> so then, uh, you know, we've 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 talked about potentially a uh, when the streaming starts too. But is there actually something else that uh, individual projects that you guys have uh, in, in process that we can we can look forward to uh, either collectively or individually? That's or it's right uh, away. Well,
6: I mean, uh, Connor and Connor and me. Even today, we've we've been talking about a couple of projects that we're we're working on. Um, kind of more straight up horror yeah. TV project being uh, planned, and uh, something a little little dark comedy as well that we're working on. Oh, wonderful! Cool, wonderful! Keep us posted. Yeah, heck yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah!
5: Yeah. I mean, I think we'll we'll try and keep the old the old band together not we don't want any uh revenge from from ed if i break up this little party (laughs) here (laughs) we'll we'll, we'll try and keep us i mean yeah i mean i know jay's now based in the states but you know we we still talk all the time and very much hoping to work together again it's it's, you know us three have have worked on this since the start and we were joined by Dom Lenoir, one of the other producers and it's you know it's a it's a team I certainly want to keep working with, you know, and same with all the cast we've mentioned. It's, a, it's great to work with people that you just have a good laugh with, you know. It's a right. tough old gig at times, but working with these gents, it's uh, it's a bit easier.
1: Yeah, keep the ride going. Stick with what Positive. you know. Yep. Stick with yep. what you know. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess, uh, do we have uh, any uh, sort of, parting comments to uh, our, our listening audience and, uh, and the fans out there about what, uh, what you'd like to share about the movie before we, we wrap this up?
5: This is the point we hand over to Mr. Ed Hartland. It's been a, re- a reoccurring joke of me throwing him under the bus on podcast. <laughs> Every single
6: podcast, you find a way of doing it. Um,
5: Long made continue.
6: I suppose, I suppose what we want from from people watching, well, we want people to watch when the screen starts because we we love this film. We've been working on it, you know, since twenty nineteen in some shape. And um, yeah, we want you to to watch it. We want to make you laugh, hopefully make you think, maybe catch you out with a couple of a uh, couple of scares, and yeah, just enjoy this this thing that we've been working on for for so long, and we still absolutely love. Well,
3: it is. Awesome. Yeah, it, it is a wonderful film. And yeah. Uh, yeah, for anyone that's listening or watching, I would encourage them to go out, rush out however you can, whenever you can and see this film, because it really is a, a pretty exceptional film. We we obviously uh, at the scariest things we revel in the horror comedy. And, you know, a couple of years ago, I don't know if you all caught it, but one of our all time, probably all time favorite horror comedies was Extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Um uh, filmed in in Ireland and and yeah, I think the the horror comedy is 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 probably the the diciest type of mm-hmm. horror film to make. But when it's done well, like this one, uh, it it's just there's there's nothing better. There's yep. really really nothing better. Yeah. So congratulations to you guys yep. for making such a wonderful
1: wonderful film. Yeah, and all all the success out there, uh, Kansas City, go uh, go to Panic Fest. Heck yeah,
0: and get your tickets for the virtual festival. And we will make sure that the review and the podcast are up soon, soon, soon. And on socials to make sure that people get their tickets, watch it from your couch, (laughs) invite your friends over laugh (laughs) because it's hilarious. It's so hard with the horror comedy to make all the jokes land. And you guys really, really did. It was hilarious. And then, not <laughs> yes. there is a turn a there is turn. a turn and that's what horror fans hope for
1: yep and a great ending yes. it's a fantastic yeah. uh. ending yep and with that uh, we've got the ending of our podcast so thanks one and all for listening and then we'll catch you up uh, on back when we get to our regular scheduled podcast so thanks to uh, to Connor and Jared and Ed for uh, for yes. taking the time to be with us Uh and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank
0: Thanks you. guys. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Guys. Yes, it was a pleasure.
6: You.